Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to take a look at the global SMIDCAP universe. Um, since we launched our strategy roughly three years ago, um, and more recently of late, we've received a lot of inquiries just about the space, uh, taking a look at it, uh, the uniqueness of it, where there's some opportunity that exists. Um, and with that in mind, we're bringing on lead portfolio manager Jim Eisenman. Uh, welcome, Jim. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. Great. And so I thought, uh, Jim, maybe today we could we could run through some questions about the, the global economy, global market, global spin market and spe- uh, specifically. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, is, is coming up and has popped up a couple times in some conversations that I had is is that, you know, it seems like the, the global economy is still trying to absorb the impact of, of, a, of a sharp move higher in interest rates uh, for the developed market central banks. And, um you know, question around this is, is really, you know, why do you think that the rally that started in the fourth quarter of 22, why do you think it's continued through, you know, the, the first half of, uh, of 23? Sure, that's a, that's a great question, Dan, and one we've been getting a lot lately. Um, it really comes down to liquidity. So changes in liquidity are a key driver of returns on financial assets. And so in very general terms, you could think of a, of a change in liquidity as capital entering or exiting the financial system. So as more capital enters the system, that provides a tailwind to financial assets. Uh, When liquidity is removed, that becomes a headwind to prices. So despite the negative narrative focused on, you know, quantitative tightening, higher interest rates being a headwind for the market, global liquidity has actually been expanding since Q4 of last year, and that's been a major driver of the market move higher. So one of the the key drivers of that expansion has been a drawdown in the reverse repo facility at the Fed. Um, This dynamic is really not well understood by many market participants. Um, The reverse repo balance at the Fed is reduced over time. It increases the supply of liquidity available to drive asset prices higher. And so this dynamic effectively has offset the negative effects of QT from the Fed operations. In addition, the Bank of Japan and some non-G7 central banks continue to inject liquidity into the market, resulting in a net increase on a global basis, and you've seen the move higher in asset prices related to that. We've seen global economic growth and earnings continue to weaken as we move through this economic downturn, but this boost in liquidity has more than offset those impacts when it comes to the impact on asset prices. All right, Jim, this uh, discussion about liquidity leads you know, really clearly into the next question of, you know, whether you think that the liquidity growth that's been driving the market can continue. Sure, Dan. Well, our data indicates that the liquidity boost from the reverse repo market may start to dry up later this year. So the question becomes, where does the incremental liquidity come from at that point? Um, With falling inflation in the U.S. and more recently in the U.K. and E.U., the market expectation is that central bank rate hiking cycles are at or near an end. Um, And after a pause in rate hikes, the next move from central banks is an end to QT and eventually the start of more QE, which is needed to fund government deficits. We think any sell-off in the market would create attractive buying opportunities, but also be short-lived due to this dynamic. All right, and that, you know, looking at another, you know, key driver returns of equities um, alongside liquidity as, as earnings. Um, so looking at the global SMID market, right, what do you expect to see from those types of companies over the next, uh, you know, one or two quarters? Sure. So the largest rate of change decline in aggregate earnings is likely to occur during Q3 and into Q4. Stocks typically bottom when the rate of change in earnings bottoms, which is well before the headline earnings trough. 
This means that we could soon start to see earnings get less bad on a rate of change basis. You also need to keep in mind that despite the focus on stocks at the index level, beneath the surface at the industry or company level, some areas of the market have already troughed. We've already seen stocks tied to early cycle sectors like semiconductors and housing bottom and then move significantly higher. This has occurred across multiple geographies. So these sectors may give back some of those gains, but the stocks are unlikely to return to their recent lows. And this dynamic will continue to play out across other sectors as we move through the economic cycle. Energy is one area where stocks are just starting to move higher and where we think the risk reward is quite attractive. Um, one of the things we do here at Von Nelson is really take a look at, at uh, you know, valuation, valuation work, right? It's a key consideration you know, throughout our, our investment process. You know, how, after this most recent move that we've seen, you know, how do you think about valuations in, in the global SMID market? Well, despite the broad indices continuing to move higher, there's been a large dispersion in returns amongst the constituents. While some valuations are stretched, like large cap tech, for example, the overall valuation multiples within the SMID space appear reasonable on both an absolute and relative basis. So the AquiSMID benchmark trades at a mid-teens multiple on a forward basis and about a 10% discount relative to the Acqui All Cap Index. In addition, there's many individual names that are cheap on an absolute basis and over our three-year time horizon. So we definitely see long-term investment opportunities in the market today. All right. So if you see that long-term investment opportunities, if you're an investor, you know, why, why do you think that today would be the time to start putting some capital back into the, the global SMID space? So I think it's easy to get stuck in the trap of waiting for economic or earnings fundamentals to improve before taking on risk in your portfolio. But that can also lead to missed opportunities. So as an example, recent PMI numbers out of Europe were very weak, with Germany recording a surprisingly low PMI of 38.8. But the fact is, any improvement in PMIs will send the related industrial stocks higher, well before an improvement is reflected in company fundamentals. As long as there is sufficient liquidity provided by central banks, the market does not have to move meaningfully lower, even if earnings decline. In the event that liquidity growth slows or stops and the market does sell off, that would likely be short-lived and met by an end of QT and eventually more QE, which again would send the market higher. Over the past couple quarters, we've continued to find new holdings with great upside and limited downside across a variety of sectors and geographies. And we expect to continue or even accelerate that pace in the coming months. Um, and with that, you know, okay, we got, we got you. How, how would investors approach to starting an allocation in the global SMID space? Sure. So we're encouraging investors to start their allocations and build those up over time. So we believe the valuations within the SMID space are very reasonable. There's plenty of opportunities to build an actively managed portfolio of names that can generate attractive long-term returns for investors. And waiting on improving economic data may cause you to miss some really good opportunities. All right, Jim, that's pretty good. Um, I think that's a good recap of kind of where we sit today, um, thinking about investing into the small uh, as well into that global SMID space. So thank you for that. Um, certainly appreciate it coming on the heels of the of the second quarter recap. So um, we'll catch you again here soon. Um, and appreciate the uh, the thoughts. Great, thanks, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast 
are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.